Open your eyes to the skies. It's time for Spaced Out on 95 PFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium. Earth to Josh. Come in, Josh. Yeah, what up? How's it going? It's good. How are you? I'm good. I'm just wandering around the park. I wandering around getting some fresh air, a bit of yeah, sunshine yeah. between. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how how often do you walk up to the top of One Tree Hill? Um, oh, probably once a month. Probably much more in the summer, but yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully a bit more as it gets nice. Yeah, it gets pretty right. steep. It gets pretty steep near the top. I it's been it's, a while uh, since I walked um, up there. Yeah, it's a good place to see the ISS though. So yeah, I often go up every now and then when it's flying across. Ah, uh, okay. At night, obviously. Yeah, just after sunset, occasionally you'll um you'll see it flying over. Mm-hmm. Can you see it during the day at all? Is it possible? Not a space station. No, you only ever see it uh, after sunset or just before sunrise when it's kind of still lit up by the sun. Mm-hmm. Does it ever get mistaken for a UFO? Yes, it does. Yeah, we, we often get calls. Sometimes it's just like planes from the airport. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is pretty bright, so yeah, it does, it does happen. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, Josh, uh, what what are we starting with today as far as topics? Um, so we had NASA, they've reached the moon with their capstone spacecraft. Um, yes. Yeah, they've announced that that's officially entered orbit, um, which is, yeah, it's significant for NASA because the spacecraft they had problems with it when it was heading to the moon it started tumbling um but they've got it there it's now on orbit um but it's also really successful kind of significant for new zealand um because we 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 actually launched the spacecraft with um, rocket lab here from new zealand so mm-hmm. yeah it's a really big achievement not just for nasa but for new zealand so which you know, really bodes well for us what on earth is the capstone doing now that it's in orbit of the moon Mm, so basically, Capstone is testing this kind of new type of orbit, which is called like a halo orbit. Um, and this is going to be used for future Artemis missions. So NASA's kind of long-term goal is to, um, you know, eventually as we retire the space station, they want to be building a new one around the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's called Gateway. So this spacecraft is actually testing this orbit. Um, yes. we've, we've not been in this orbit before. So, yeah, if this, everything goes well, um, we know this orbit can work, then, you know, they'll probably proceed with those plans for the Lunar Gateway. Okay. So they retire the ISS and then they build a new mm. space station around the moon doing yep. strictly moon research or also occasionally looking back at Earth? Yeah, I mean, it will be for Artemis missions, so it's kind of like a, um, an outpost for astronauts when they go to the moon, mm-hmm. to the surface of the moon. Um, but I think the, the long-term research goals of the moon is for those eventual Mars missions because um, the moon's quite far away, it's much deeper in space, the radiation's higher, so... All of the things we do at the moon, eventually we'll be doing those at Mars. Okay. It's kind of a test bed for us. All right, all right. Do you know how big the space station will be that will be um, flying around this particular orbit at the moon? Will it be similar size to the ISS? No, it, it'll be quite small. It's like a very small version of the space station, so it probably will have two, maybe three modules max. Yeah. Um, the space station is quite big. It's you know the size of roughly a rugby field. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas yeah, this is going to be quite small, but it's going to be using all the same technology. So what we've learned from the space station, um, they will apply this to Lunar Gateway. So okay. Wait, the space station is the size of a rugby field. Um, yeah, roughly. Oh uh, man, it's huge! Like wow. Cells. Yeah. But okay. it's saying that it's not like um it's not 
uh, you know, astronauts don't have that much space. That's including like solar panels and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it roughly has the same volume as like a, a plane, like a you know jumbo jet, basically. Mm. Oh, it's big. Yeah, it's pretty decent. Hmm. Okay, now now NASA has successfully uh, tested a new type of inflatable heat shield. What is the? Yeah, this is a kind of an interesting one. Um, yeah, they they launched um, a few payloads the other week. Um, some satellites, but one of the testing payloads was, um, yeah, essentially what I said is, yeah, an inflatable heat shield, um, which is, you know, a technology that we think we'll need to go to Mars. It kind of allows us to send really big payloads, you know, eventually humans to Mars. Um, and it was a success. So they've never done this before. It actually landed it, seems to kind of weather the Earth's atmosphere at least. Um, so, yeah, uh, they think that this is going to be how we eventually get to Mars, which is pretty exciting. So, what does. There's a really good picture of the inflatable heat shield on the NASA website. It does look like a UFO a little bit. Um, so does it just uh, inflate below whatever's going through the Mars or Earth atmosphere and act as an extra layer of protection? Is that all it's really doing? It basically, it's, so it's kind of compact when it launches. So. Um, you know, it can be launched on any normal rocket, but the the thing about the inflatable thing is because it gets, you know, two, three times larger than, you know, a typical solid heat shield, mm. um, that means that we can then send much bigger and larger payloads because the kind of current restriction with heat shields is they're solid, so yes. we can only send, you know, to Mars things maybe the size of a car. Um, but if we want to send bigger payloads, so, you know, habitation modules for people, we need heat shields that can be bigger, but we can't launch solid heat shields mm. that big. They're just simply too big, too heavy. Um, so we do need them to be kind of compacted down and then eventually inflated before our re-entry, um, and that's what they're able to do. So I think it's a really exciting technology, not just for Mars, but also just, you know, for Earth stuff too. What's it, what's it made out of? It looks like some sort of rubbery-type tinfoil. Yeah, I, I, could, I haven't looked into the technicals yet, but I know that they've tested some of the material on the space station. Um, they had like an inflatable module a few years ago, um, but I can imagine it's this very strong, you know, probably Kevlar-like technology, which is probably very expensive, but yeah, it seems to work, which is pretty cool. It's very cool. looks amazing. It's so cool. How yeah, do people think up this stuff? <laughs> yeah. It's, there's, uh, yeah. It's just there's so many elements to doing a mission to Mars, it's crazy that yeah. all this stuff has to be thought out and tested so thoroughly. Now, uh, a TV film, a TV crew filming a documentary um, in this, under the sea have found some pieces of the Space Shuttle Challenger. Yeah, this was a kind of interesting story from this week. Um, but yeah, there was a, a TV crew, basically, they were filming, um, I think, something for the History Channel, and it was something about shipwrecks, I believe. Um, and they were diving, basically, looking for shipwrecks, I assume, and they came across uh, this strange kind of piece of debris. They didn't really know what it was, but they had all these divers' photos um, and videos of it, and they found what looked like heat shields. Um, and they actually sent it to NASA, so this is off the coast of Florida. Um, and, yeah, NASA's confirmed and said that it's actually a piece of the Space Shuttle Challenger, um, and that's the shuttle that... Uh, exploded in 1986, you know, mm. so decades ago, um, and they've found pieces of it, which is, yeah, really interesting. I, I, I would have assumed that NASA would have found most of the pieces that went into the ocean, but, yeah, clearly there's, there's still a bit of stuff in the ocean out there. The the big rocket that they blasted the space shuttle into space on, is that a Saturn rocket? 
Uh, no, so the, the shuttle, they launch on their own launch system. So they use what they call SRBs, which are solid rocket boosters. Hmm. Um, and then they've got that like big orange uh, main fuel tank, essentially. So it has its own launch system. Um, yeah, Saturn V was for Apollo, so that was kind of before Space Shuttle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was an actual piece of the, not the rocket, but the actual shuttle. So this mm-hmm. is the heat shields that are kind of under the belly of the, the rocket or yeah. Space Shuttle. Um, that's pretty much what they found. Josh, do you ever imagine humanity going back to that type of technology where we're blasting space shuttles into space like that? <laughs> um, I think no. I, I think the thing about a space shuttle is, you know, as, as cool as space shuttles were and as, um, you know, as powerful as they were, space shuttles were notoriously expensive. They, um, you know, technologies were developed from space shuttles, but they also proved to be um, fairly unreliable. You know, we had two different incidents where we had fatalities of astronauts mm. in space shuttles. Um, and the problem with the space shuttle is, as cool as it looks, there's no escape launch system. Um, so, you know, if the rocket explodes, if something goes wrong, there is nothing to actually, you know, pull the astronauts away to safety. Yes. Whereas now- nowadays, all rockets have that technology for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I-, I don't think we'll ever go back to those kind of large monolithic shuttle-looking things. Mm. Um, I think we're much more inclined to seeing, you know, smaller um, spacecraft like the current, you know, Dragon or Soyuz, which yes. have escape launch systems. Because, um, yeah, otherwise it's just a big risk. And, it's, yeah, I think, you know, finding the debris is just a reminder of um, the challenges, you know, of actually going to space. And even though rockets nowadays are pretty safe, it, you know, it definitely can happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I know, yeah, obviously it's a, a huge tragedy. But space shuttles mm. look so cool. Yeah, I would have loved to see to be like one of the loudest rockets ever, which yeah would have been really cool. Yes. But yeah, not as not as safe as they may seem. Those heat shields got quite well preserved, the ones on the on the ocean floor too, eh? Considering yeah, that, I mean, considering I, what they've I, been I through, they were, so I guess they did their job <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they were designed to you know withstand almost anything, but yeah, um, yeah it's kind of just a sad reminder. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Now, Josh, what's happening at the Stardom? Um, so we uh, we're about to have a new show starting next month. Um, which is called, it's basically the year in space. So we've got this new live show, which is kind of the entire year, 2022. Um, all the cool stuff in space. So this is the stuff that we've been talking about this year. Um, yeah, we've packed it into a show and that'll be basically starting um, early December. So yeah, that's, that's one to look out for if anyone's kind of wanting a cool recap of the year. Excellent. Hey, Josh, thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you at the start sometime. All right, we'll speak to you later. Cheers, dude. Bye. Thank you. All right, get it. We are docked. That was spaced out on 95 BFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium.